Pienso que un sueño parecido no volverá más. Y me pintaba las manos y la cara de azul. Y de provisa el viento rápida me debo. Y me hice a volar en el cielo infinito. Hear my cat. You cannot hear my cat in the background, right? No. Okay, cool. Welcome to the Valiant 33 podcast. I'm Cool as a Cucumber Stew, and with me today is my distinguished co-presenter, Mike. After reviewing the last few episodes, we've realized we've come off a bit negatively, so after some visits to the corner store doctor, we've realized everything is fine, there aren't any problems in the club, in the city, or even in the world. Back in the real world, We've been gone a bit, but have come back stronger, hungrier, and with a bit of a different format so everyone can get the important info they need and not the filler they don't. Also, we had the break because the Orlando game was delayed a few months because of the stadium issues, which are now thankfully fixed. I'll pass it on over to you, Mike. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a good, uh, there's a good try for, um, what was it, Soft Rock Radio, Mike? Is that what yeah, I called it? Yeah, I remember, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good first try. It's the effort that counts. It's the doing, at least attempting it, is more than anybody else can say. Yeah, I tried, and you can't make fun of me for it. Exactly. The ones who show up are the ones who care. Never forget that. Uh, so what did we miss? We've been gone for a while. I think we, it was three games, wasn't it? Three games. Yeah, so uh, do you want me to spoil all the results? Because it's yeah, been a pretty good it. run. Well, um, it's not like you could spoil it. I mean, there's no replays to watch unless you got that special link from me. Yeah, so uh, FC Cincinnati 2 scored once, and RNY scored twice. That was their, their first away win. Uh, we had the Open Cup against NYCFC Senior, which was uh, 3-1 to NYCFC. And then basically the real home opener, uh, RNY, Four and Baby Beckham's one, or Inner Miami two, as they like to call themselves. All right, so I'm just gonna rifle through all these games real quick. I have a notebook here and I've written notes. <clears throat> Cincinnati. the The main thing I want to bring up about this game is that this is the start of the rest of our lives with the three four three. If anybody <clears throat> was listening to this podcast before. You know that I've said that I'm a big fan of the 343, and I'm pretty sure Bruno's a big fan of this show because he pretty much did exactly what I wanted, and he did a 343. The other big thing that I noticed, which and I'm totally taking cre- credit for it, all these this little winning run that we've been on with the 343, I'm taking all the credit. Um, the other thing I noticed was Williams and Vanneker on the right side together as a combo is extremely dangerous. I enjoyed watching them play with one another. The entire, that sounds terrible. <laughs> play with each, play alongside each. That's not even, that's not any better. They were on the field in two separate positions, playing soccer at the same time together. We're wearing clothes, hands above waists. 
and they did very well with playing soccer on the same field together. Uh, and it's a shame that Vanneker got hurt. This is skipping ahead because he got hurt in the uh, New York City game, but hopefully he comes back quickly because I loved watching those two on the field at the same time. The first goal in that game. Continue, you but waving. once you're done. Continue. Yeah, you were, you're waving at, you were waving at me to stop. What? Once you're done with this comment, then I'll come in with my comment. Okay. Um, no, just do it now because now I'm put off. Just like my wife. Anyway, <laughs> the I think we're, we're, we're definitely seeing the attacking play style that he wanted to play and all the little connections that take a while to really connect happening. And that's great because it's exciting for the scorelines that we're talking about are all exciting scorelines, even if we lose. There's a lot happening in the game that that's what people want is they want to get excited. And from just a, a perspective of the fans who probably care a little bit too much, having an identity and saying like, oh, we play a 3-4-3 and just seeing like, oh, okay, Vanneker got hurt, so Jacob's coming in and you can kind of figure out like what that's going to mean. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty – I mean, that it, it's it's a good thing to be able to know – the team that you support and can be able to make those types of predictions. And not only just that, <clears throat> just saying with, with uh, if we go and we play somebody, which this league, it's, it's kind of hard to, to say because teams switch up so much, but in, in this scenario where, you know, we're playing a team and they have a, a dedicated uh, style, we go in, we could say, Oh, the three, four, three, with these players is going to match up this way with that team. And it's just one of those things where it's get It's th- this team, this roster is brand new. Well, I mean, the team's not brand new, but this squad is brand new. Coach is brand new. Getting some type of ID card for what this is now is a breaking point as far as just being a fan. If that makes any goddamn sense. I, I think it does, but I've been drinking a lot. So, And I'll be honest with you. I didn't know where I was going when I started that. And I just kind of followed the path and we ended up where we were. I, I, I think as a, as a soccer nerd, as we both basically are going with what is one of the better or one of the newer formations, I think that that's getting gaining a lot more popularity. I think that that's exciting, and I think having all of the some somewhat of the the interchangeability of players with the twelve midfielders we have helps as well. So it's 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 good for the team to get away from highly defensive football, and it's just good for us because we may say ten fucking ridiculous things, and the one thing that we're right about. You're never going to hear the end of it. I'm never going to shut up about, oh, I said a 343. And I wish that we put out that episode that I had about how we should do a 343. I had the lineups and everything. So, but I think I mentioned in a previous show that we should do a 343. If not, if I didn't, in the Discord, I've said it multiple fucking times. I'm pretty sure you did because it also helps that we, um, 
I, I know we talked about that because we're trying to figure out who the other three was going to be when we only had two center backs signed. Yeah, that is true. Now we don't got to worry about it. Yeah. As long as we stay away from those red cards. But that's we'll talk about that a little bit later, but too. The first goal in the Cincinnati game was basically the reason why Scott gets a wet man pussy over Preston Pop. Is it was a single-handed effort by him. He he absolutely mugged the defender, took the ball off him, then scrapped his way into the box, dished it off, and basically just created that goal just off a of sweat. That play is a perfect encapsulation of why a lot of fans love him. Even if he's not a regular starter, it doesn't matter. Just because when he is on the field, he does shit like that, and the fans appreciate it. And the, the players on the field know that he's capable of that too because Dolabella started his run the second Pop looked at the defender. He already was on that run because he knew also that that was going to happen. Yeah, I, I think stuff like that is what we – the highlight reels that we saw of the players before the season started, now we're seeing them connect with each other. And I don't want to repeat what I've said 12 different times, but – no, do it. People forgot anyways. Uh, I, I, I think I think right now we are probably a playoff team. Well, and... we're on that we're on that run right now. If we win against uh Philly this weekend, we're what we, we got on... two games in hand and we're three points out of fourth. Okay. So we win so... and we're we're on the dance floor, basically. It, yeah, and one of those games is gonna be a home game. So the two games in hand is you you hear a lot of people say, oh, we got games in hand. We got games in hand in this league, though. That means something because the score lines are ridiculous. It's impossible to predict what what's who's going to beat who. So having two games in hand is I think we're the only team with two right now. There's there's one other that has two. A couple have have in our conference or in the West. In our conference, a couple okay. have played seven. Um, a little bit of it is we had the bye week early, then we had the, the suspended game where a lot of the other ones have just had their bye week early on. But especially in this league, the, the two games in hand, because you have four different opportunities to score or four different results of a game where typically it's only three. So we could score. F- five points we could it there's a lot more opportunity for us to pick up points than in any other league in the world because of the no ties and what's the most exciting about because we got two other games to get to but the the cincinnati game is is a benchmark game for me because even before we were talking about oh we have all these chances if we could just finish blah 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 this is the game where we started doing that and you could still see, even though, I mean, technically we lost the New York City game, which I'm about to talk about, but we shouldn't have lost that game. And the two that we won, we're putting up goals. And then we have about six chances on the back of that. So it's still one of, it, it's one of those things where we've said, oh, we have the chances. The chances are there. We just have to finish they're starting to do that. That's happening. It's not all the way there yet, 
But when it does, there's no reason why we can't make a, a half season playoff push. I mean, we're gearing up for it right now. Yeah. I've left him uh, speechless. Yeah, I, I can't add anything that isn't just repeating either what you just said or what I said earlier. The New York City game, or as I wrote it down in my little notes, Proud Boys FC. I know Whistler is going to get a kick out of that one. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm just going to keep going with the chances thing. We have one, two, three, four, five, six chances in the first half. And we're also missing three player, three starters right? who would have started this game. And we lost Vanneker in the fourth minute or something. Right. And we still had six chances where maybe two of them were, were pushing it. I was just trying to fucking make a point. But still, it's, four solid chances where the ball went right across the net. If someone was just there to tap it in or it was just a slightly off target, you probably could have buried it in the corner, but it's a hard angle to hit. Still, first half, it should have been four for us, which is pretty goddamn impressive. Uh, yeah, it's there was one one MLS starter on the field, but it wasn't like we were playing the NYCFC two team that we had played a week earlier. It was their real their real academy players playing. It was a completely different roster. It was it was their actual bench where if somebody gets hurt in an MLS game, those players are on the bench about to yeah. go in. Yeah, and it was the 3-1 scoreline. The third goal should not have counted because it didn't go off any of the Rochester players. It went off an NYCFC player, and then it was a pretty decent goal that went in, but it shouldn't have been a corner. Well, the the thing why I'm – I know we lost, but it, it wasn't a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. And then you could say, like, well, is there such thing as a good loss? There is. Mm-hmm. It was the two goals that they got was one was just uh, it was a keeper error. I'll just be honest. It was yeah, a happy yeah. touch, but whatever. The third one, um, I think there was the one where they floated over the top of them. Yeah. In the, yeah. That's just being not tall enough. If. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it shouldn't have happened anyway because it wasn't it wasn't a corner it was a it was a goal kick right so that goes back to say we could play the what if game all we want if we had a full strength team what would the outcome have been i don't want to do that but on that goal you know if we happen it, to have a 6 foot 7 keeper like we do uh that that one's not going in at the start of that game i said 1-1 and we're going to win in pens. That was on the books. It was on the books for a while. Um, uh, I, I think I, if we scored first, uh, like we should have with the four chances, uh, it, it would have been a different result. Yeah, it, it was a much more complete performance. It wasn't, I mean, when the Rhinos in 2016 played Red Bull and in the, the first minute started parking the bus when nothing was happening. They were attacking. They were going for it, and it was impressive to see. And it was it was good to see that they're they they weren't scared, which is one of the things I'm going to take credit for because I had <laughs> mentioned on a, on an earlier podcast that it seemed that when we had to play defense, we just freaked the fuck out. And we're not doing that anymore. We're we're going for that pass, 
and setting yourself up so that if that pass doesn't happen, you could defend, but not just booking the ball down the field, hoping that something happens, and then when it doesn't, you've just given up the ball for the next five minutes. I'm wondering if the catalyst for that was the round in the Open Cup before with Motown, where they had to scrap to get that, because they were down to nine men. Yeah, they were down to nine men and still won in a shootout at the end. And they were celebrating like we were celebrating. there, There was no difference between us and them in that moment. So I'm wondering if that was kind of the the spark that started this little run that we're going on. And I'll and I'll tell you what, even though we lost three one, I'm uh, that's those players are the ones that I want wearing our shirt right now. Exactly, and that's the thing that I love about this team right now is often with sports, with the difference between the best and the second and third rung is it's just effort. It's this is something that someone found out that they were good at. They may not love the sport anymore, but they don't have any other skills because they've, they've spent 15 years doing this. So they're just like, okay, I'm just going to go through the motions and play and make a paycheck. These guys seem to really care. And that's that's all that I want. I want them to be trying their best. I want to see them trying their best. And I want to, it's going to sound bad, I want to see them disappointed when their best isn't good enough. But I want to see an emotion out of them that they're not happy with it. If they lose 3-1 and they're super happy because, oh, I played against Morales, that's fine, but they look disappointed at the end. Well, they I mean, they had Maxi Morales on the field, then he got subbed off, and they brought in another first-teamer, uh, Magno, who came on, uh, who scored. No, he didn't score the third one. That was Batman. But he, he was also on the field. So they had a, a, a real first team around the field at all times. And they were pretty much non-effective. I mean, I know uh, Batiz made both of them look fucking stupid the entire game. He had a fucking belter of a game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how... This league's insane anyway. But there's, it's going to be interesting to see if we do lose any players this summer. Because I, I could see... A couple of these players who are impressing the real ones standing out, I could see some of them getting picked up, which well, is I mean, kind of what yeah. the was about. That's what any team who's not D1 is about in any country. It doesn't matter that this is MLS Next Pro. It's If you're in any non-first-tier team, you're going to – that's the goal is to, is to push players on benefit from that and then keep building until you're at you know and we can argue about you know there's no pro rel here yet so is it the same but it is the same it's still it's still a big gold star on rochester's resume if you can turn on the tv and you see somebody run on that field for the first time and on their and on their resume is the rhinos exactly so are we going to get the, the one bad part of about the game? You consider this a bad part, so I'll let you go first. So Preston Pop, 96 minute, player falls down, and I don't think it's as bad as what everyone thought it was, but he does put his foot he into his in stomach. 
Yeah, he kicks his and, ass right in the chest. Yeah, and immediate red card, and it was basically the last play of the game. And the only issue I see is outside of the refs being terrible, which I think it's unfortunately it doesn't it doesn't just seem to be a U.S. Open Cup or MLS Next Pro. It's also an MLS issue. It's but, a world issue. All refs are terrible. Yeah, the um, it's it's something that needs to get fixed because that is going to be an issue, especially when we start having issues in next pro games where you're going to miss the next three games for violent conduct. So now I'll I'll let you say why it's a, a good thing. Okay, you can say what you want about these red cards, and yes, it did hinder us the the previous game with Motown it did hinder us in this game but whether they're dumb or not this team isn't soft and I don't give a fuck about the Reds if it means we're not pushovers New York City in this Open Cup game got bullied we made them look like punks and then after the game the coaches were walking off the field talking shit too so I'm happy with it I I opponents should know that they can't get away with shit from the squad on the field, the bench staff, or the fans. So I'm willing to take a couple reds here and there if that means people kind of, you know, got to hold their breath a little bit before they play us. I agree. I would just say we need to choose our moments better. Yeah, I guess. But how do you do that? That's the thing. Is it uh, So I, I'm an emotional person. I've been known to overreact sometimes. No. I'm, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't sit here and be like, don't kick him after he's like nibbled at you all game, shoulder bumps all game, raking down the back of your calf all game. And then he's running down the sideline and he flops to an Oscar level degree. I'd probably kick his ass too, honestly. And I'm I I just don't have a problem with it because I'm not I don't want to say he deserved it, but he kind of got what was coming to him. So what I would say is in that situation, because I am also an emotional person, as we heard on the last podcast where I just kind of Well went your down. intro would say otherwise. You're supposed to be cool as a cucumber. Well, it's because of the corner store doctor. Um yeah. The uh, sometimes he doesn't work out though. Sometimes he's closed for weird reasons. Anyway, the I would pick him up off the field, or I would have what I would have done in that situation. Is, Tyrone Mings pick him up by his neck. Yeah, or just act like he's fucking dead to the world and just scream for the scream for the people to come on the field. Well, Make him look stupid. That's why the bench staff were all jawing with everybody at the final whistle was because it was such an obvious flop. He was just trying to run out the game. And that's the reason why that was happening was because all game it was, they were, they were taking shots at our players. You could see like in the corner of the camera, whatever little fucking nudges and shit like that is because we were outplaying them and they, mm-hmm. that wasn't supposed to happen. We were going off script. So when you see teams that are supposed to be better, not feel like they're better. That's when that shit happens. Yeah, I, I guess my only issue is it's an obvious red card when you kick someone. If he if he picked him up or he 
he thought he was he was on the MLS next pro cameras where you can't see anything. That's why. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's don't do something that's clear and obvious. It's push him into the chest rather than the face. Stuff like that. But I, I like the reaction. I just don't like the way he reacted. He just tried to um, roll him over gently with his foot. Yeah. So why don't, why don't we get into the Miami game? All right. So this was another. Off, oh, you, well, you, know, you go ahead. Well, first off, the uh, the stands are fixed, which is amazing, and um, hopefully that becomes more more widely known because I think that was obviously we talked about it a lot, but now that that's fixed, I think we've got a lot of hopefully a lot of momentum coming up. And after that game, when the stadium was cleared out, but we were all hanging back a little bit. I walked around the entire stands, just different seats for to check out the viewpoints. I mean, it, it's what it looks like. There's no bad sight lines. I mean, why would there be? It's just <laughs> stands at midfield. Yeah. But even at the the highest point, like I sat in some of the seats because during the game I just stand. But there's leg room. There's all that shit. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh they're they're nice stands once you're in them um i'm wondering if maybe they'll start to build up if they plan on being at mcc for a little bit if they basically just cover up the uh the guts of it and make it look you know more uh permanent when it's not Mm -hmm. like some kind of uh plating yeah yeah Yeah. whatever that board is called i don't even know what it's fucking called but just you know just make it look a little bit less mad max but they are they're they're nice stands and at the start of the game i wouldn't say it was half full but by the end of the game people were started showing up that's good Um, i'd say it was about half full yeah so just for clarity i'm remote for these so uh I didn't get to watch this game because I there's no replays. So, well, I sent you that link. Yeah, we got our own little special link. If MLS Next Pro doesn't want to show replays, Valiant Thirty Three will show replays. We should actually put it up on our website. We'll link through something else, but yeah, we'll 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 make that happen. Yeah, check our website valiant33.com. www.valiant33 with the numbers three three. com if you want to see these replays. Um, the Miami game uh, was another 3-4-3 and was actually Rayo, Gibran Rayo's second start, I believe, as striker. And I was talking to somebody, and I said, he could pretty much be our own Dries Mertens, a converted, uh, converted striker, converted to striker. The website had it listed as a four five one. They like keep to keep putting us in a four five one, but they also had Lamar Batista as the right wing back, which I'm pretty sure was not happening. So I, I yeah, I don't go off the yeah. website. I, I, I watched 59 seconds of that game, and I know that's wrong. <laughs> you never know; he could probably be a good wing back. Um, Actually, he probably could be, but we 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 need him to be our uh yeah we're never gonna find out because his ass is playing center back um it was williams again as a winger which is interesting to me and i think that system works best where i mean jacob had a great game as the right wing back 
but I think it's really set up for Vanneker and Williams to be playing at the same time. If the Cincinnati game is anything to go off of, mm-hmm. but I can't say shit because Jacob scored a goal. So he, he did his fucking job for sure. And I, I like having this, this competition where you got players where you're like, you don't know who should be starting. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's the, that's the best thing in any sport is to have competition so that everyone's, everyone's always got a cap, but they may not know what that cap is. But if there's someone else who may take their time, all these guys are smart enough to know that they've got probably two to three years at their peak, but they've got two to three years from right now where if they don't show what they're capable of, they're not going to be doing this anymore. And they need to show. So if you're taking someone else's spot, they're going to be pushing you. And that, and that's good for everyone. Yeah. A good example of that is Ed Williams, who I literally just talked about where he's becoming our set piece guy. He's our James Ward Prowse. If we're going to keep making comparisons, <laughs> And he scored that first goal 40 yards out off a set piece. Um, that, that was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, top, top fucking bin 40 yards away. Yeah, and, and we've seen some – we've seen him improve considerably. Cause it, I know that when we uh, – I guess, well, do we want to get into his preseason routine? What is it? I don't even know what you're talking about. Remember when he uh, – he basically – he waited for Bruno to come back. He was just – Hanging out in London. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing golf. Yeah. Yeah, he was playing golf all the time. He went from playing golf to not starting because he showed up late to now you can't really picture the lineup without him. So he, how many games have we had so far? Is two through two, three, and three right now? Uh, Two, two, and three? We've had nine total because three open cup and six. And then whatever preseason against college teams. Right, so nine games, and the lineup and the formation looks completely different than game one, which is expected. I mean, it's a normal thing, and you've said it a million times. The squad at the start of the season doesn't look anything like the squad at the end of the season. What I'm seeing, though, is Bruno's vision forming before our eyes in a way that I might have known that this was going to happen all along. But other people might not have known. And you might want to say I have the same tactical mind as a Champions League coach. But that's not for me to say. That's for you guys to say. I'm saying that while we may not have that one guy who's putting in 10, 15 goals a season, we're winning games because the goals are coming from everywhere. We have a a team... Uh, what's what's the fucking word that I'm looking for? Cohesiveness. Yes. Well, yeah, cohesiveness, where the goals don't need to come from one person because the goals are coming from everywhere. And the good thing is that's what that's what you need at this level because the reality is, someone who's giving you ten to fifteen goals a season. Yeah, they're not here it, next year. Yeah, well, they're not going to be here probably in July because they're going to get sold in may and then they may not get played because they're uh they don't want to get they don't want someone to get hurt in their division here so it's to be expected but it, it's good to have that because the old rhinos 
the what was the stat we had? So the stat we had was that Jochen Graf in 2017, I think he had 11 goals that season over 28 game season, and he had the third most goals of any Rhino ever mm-hmm. in a season, and that's 11 goals over more 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 games than we have you're not getting someone who's going to be scoring 20 times or even, even 15 times in our season. Um, so spreading it out is, is expected. And, but just getting those goals in is, is the important part. And we're finally getting to that point where we can let in three because we can score four. The thing I like about the three, four, three, the most is because we had some concerns defensively. And it does allow to easily get five defenders without committing to five defenders. If you know it, what I mean. Yeah, it, it, it avoids the 5-4-1 the that we were doing, where it basically just becomes 10 at the back, which isn't good for anyone because no one knows what the fuck they're supposed to be doing at that point. And that's any team, any EPL Liverpool looks terrible when they're trying to defend all the way back. And they're they're pretty good, so it's. Uh, I I don't think a, a team who's just started playing a month ago is going to have any real. You need to, you need to have more people upfield to cause people to question whether they can throw everyone up front. Ian Garrett had two shots that kissed. You know, it didn't hit the post, but it kissed it twice, and the other wing back Jacob scored. So also having that threat coming from the wingbacks when you got Williams, Batiz, Rayo up front, it, it's you can start to see it's it's a dangerous team. So it's nice to go into every game knowing that we have some goals in us. Yeah, and and that's the the, the big attacking style that they're trying to do with that that formation. Having those wingbacks who can cause some chaos makes it that much harder because. You're playing a four four two or four three three and they've got two center backs and you only have one striker. Well, it's pretty easy to pass off a player and, and block it and maybe keep one of the one of your backs there. But then if you're gonna have someone randomly flying up the field with no one covering him, that opens up everything. Yeah, the one the one player shout out I wanna make, which he gets almost like no love publicly, but that's Bubukar Jalo because he is one of those players that's a steady hum. And the reason why all these other players are, are getting all the hype and the flash, especially Dolabella, because he's also a center mid. The reason that he's able to push up and make those assists and make those goals and give us, give us the reason to sing his song is because he's comfortable with Jalo staying back in, in, covering for him so i just want to fucking say his name because i i don't think i mean if he gets on the score sheet great but i think he's an overlooked piece of this whole thing and our our good run that we've been on right now the defensive mid position is one that i would say is almost the most important on the field because it, it gives the the lengthy center backs, the option of going in for corners that otherwise they can't take because they're, there's no one to defend. It gives 
that outlet. It's it's the light, as Klopp says about Fabinho, and it's but it's 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 like a defensive player. Unless you're insanely good at what you do, it's not typical that anyone's going to really know. All they're going to see is, oh, this guy fucked up and a goal was scored. Like, well, mm-hmm. maybe they didn't fuck up. Maybe that's just kind of how. Maybe that's the soccer move. Maybe someone else upfield gave the ball away, and then they were in an impossible situation because they weren't supposed to do that, but they're the one who looks bad. Yeah, he he's one of those players where you don't hear his name called too much, other than by mistake they gave him Dolabella's goal. But and he, when you're watching the game, he's not doing anything that like jumps out at you and you remember it. He, he'll make a smart tackle. He'll you know he'll he'll shield the ball well. He's he's like a bread and butter player. He's something that you need, and we have him. But unless you're specifically looking for him, you won't see him. But he's one of those players that you need, and we appreciate him. So I just wanted to fucking say say the man's name. Yeah, I, I think we'll have we'll likely have people in three months when we're making that playoff run, or already in the we'll, we'll already be in the playoffs at that point. But we'll uh, have people being like, "Oh yeah, this is we got a great defense now." And it's like, "Well, no, you just weren't paying attention earlier because you're not as smart as Mike." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. At least soccer wise. All right. Well, that's what I got for the games. Uh, we got a bunch of listener questions and comments. You want to go through those real quick? So, just before we do that, why don't we just talk about it? So, the next game, um, again, no replays. So, I haven't been able to watch any film, but it's against Philly Union 2. They're in third. They just, I don't won know what that, the other day. Yeah. I don't it's know what that means, though, because, I mean, NYCFC yeah, 2 doesn't mean shit. Yeah, so it should it should be a good game, and um, you should go. Everyone should go because the stands are fixed. So I don't know how they're in third because, at least on FOTMOB, when you bring them up, um, they they have three games on there. Uh, hold on, let me pull this up real quick. Philly, they're in second place right now. With 15 points, four, two, and one. Uh, I don't know where those come from, but they beat Orlando one nothing. Then before that, they beat Miami two to one. We just trounced. They lost one nothing to Columbus, and then they tied Inter Miami before that three three. So that's their four game run. So it's really nothing. It's nothing too scary. The most they've ever yeah. scored in a game was three, but then baby Beckhams, who we just fucking slapped on their ass, put up three against them. Yeah, their their goal difference after having basically double the points as us with one game more is uh, four. Where we're we're negative one, and ours was shit two. Yeah, games that, ago. those four goals really helped with the uh, goal differential. Yeah, cut a huge so. chunk out of that. So hopefully this weekend we can get into the positives with that differential yeah. because uh, it might come down to that. It's yeah, I, I could see that. It's why don't why don't we get into the list listener <laughs> yeah. emails? I, I think we got okay. we got about another five ten minutes. All right, um, I'm just gonna go in order. Uh, 
RNYFC UK asks, Miami was obviously the best performance of the season so far. Can you see it continuing and the Rhinos really making an impact up the top of the table? Yes. Next question. Okay. Besides, this comes from North Korean Pirate. Besides Dolabella, who has been the best player so far? And he adds that he thinks it's been Rayo. So I, I'm defensive. I'd say Batista. Yeah, I could see that. Um, he, 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 just because he's been the one since game one that I've never had any issues with at all. <laughs> um, I think he came in with the right mix of pro pro experience, but also just that fire of being on on some pretty big teams and then not getting game time. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm just going to say somebody else because I don't want to say the same thing as you. But I think uh, Batiz um, has played himself into a starting role. Um, Between the assists and the chances he creates, just from an entertainment standpoint, I I just love watching him play. Uh, He's quick. Uh, He can take people on 1v1 and win. And he just adds excitement to the game when I watch it. So I'm a big fan of him. And just to go back to the previous question, the only reason I didn't go more into that is because we did, we talked about that a lot in the episode, but Uh, yeah, yeah. it it seems like it was a statement win. you don't have to defend yourself, Stu, you're a co-host. You can literally say whatever the fuck you want. Um, Evan Sardo, is Rayo the new backup striker, or could Bruno possibly go with Rayo as the nine full-time? This is more up here. Um, I, I've always been a, a big proponent of you go with the hot foot. And he started two games, and he did well, and we're winning. So I don't think you make too many changes. Um, I think... It's nice to have a player like him who can play out wide and also play the striker position because in a 3-4-3, if you have a three up top, usually those three rotate and it throws you know defenders off because you don't know who's the true nine. and who. So I think he will be in that front three for sure. It might not be in the middle, but it'll be somewhere in that front three. What do you think about players at this level need a, needing a sequence of games until we see the real real version of them. Um, yeah, I don't think you have to say quantify it with at this level. I think that's at any level. Well, I guess it's more, is it... Do you, do, do you think some of the other players who may not be getting the game time, do you think they'd be able to... Would they be better if there was some... You play this week, we play the we play someone uh, else the next. I mean, I I guess. But like I'm all for player development, but as long as it doesn't get in the way of us winning games and winning trophies. Like I get that this it's D three and they always say like it's D three for now, but they always say, Oh, it's a developmental league, you need to develop players. That's fine. 
But if you're just throwing players out to develop them at, you know, the at the behest, is that the fucking word? Behest. In spite the, the behest of the league or the behest of their their contract owner. Yeah. Going. Basically, I'm all for player development if it means we win. If we start losing games because we need to get players time, I don't give a fuck about that. Like I'm, uh, this is a, this is a pro team that's meant to be winning games and winning trophies. If player oh, development okay. helps that, then yes. If not, I don't have time for it. So it, it it was more. Also, I did almost get into a fight with someone last week who called it a reserve league. Um, but the. It was more about keeping someone fresh so that if, if a player gets injured or something like that, not about developing them as a player, but just keeping it so that if six months into the season, one of our players gets hurt, that we don't have someone who's completely fresh. But if if you're thinking that everyone, they might need two games to catch up, I think that's okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I... I... I think we should be putting out the best lineup that we can every week. That's it comes down to a decision of if a player needs to be rested, then yeah, make that switch. But I wouldn't be putting players out just for the sake of development when there is still games to be won. If we're top of the table by the end of the season we got a couple games where it doesn't matter then yeah but i treat this team like i know everybody else treats this team which is it's a professional team we're supposed to be winning and that's not to say that you know players are getting played when they don't deserve it i'm just fighting back against the the labeling of this is purely a reserve like other these mls2 teams they could play some. They could throw out some fucking kids just to see how they do if they want, but not us. No, exactly. And I think that that's going to be one of the things we. Well, we've already talked about this, but it's going to be one of the problems we have is that we're the only team that fucking matters right now in this league. So teams are going to put their top players against us, which may become its own thing. But mm-hmm. I, I think we've answered this question. Yeah. Well, you're probably going to say the. the about the next one, but Rochester, New York FC News asks, what do you think about the recent formation changes? How will the team have to adjust without Vanneker? I'm going to say that Jacob did a hell of a job, and I'm fine with him playing that role. I mean, I like Vanneker a lot, and it's a shame that he went out when he did because he was really hitting his stride. But to have a right wing back who could come in and we still get the results, that's great. I don't think changes need to be made as far as him playing. Keep going, kid. Yeah, I, I, I think I think there is a, a reliance on formation anyway. And again, we've discussed this previously, but it's about player communication, which is something I've just talked about the entire time. And I think as the players get more used to each other and are trusting, the formation doesn't matter as much because you can see people move around where you've got two defensive mids on the field and they become center backs at a corner because they don't have the height that our center backs do. There's there's movements of the formation, but it's it's more the understanding of those positions. All right. And then Matt asked two questions, but I'm just going to pick the first one. 
you think we are getting closer to establishing a rivalry rivalry with NYCFC? Question mark. No. <laughs> no, and this this brings my own bias about the Man City or whatever they're the city group that they, they have no history anywhere. They destroy the history of the teams they take over. And um as amazing of the sporting accomplishments that they have, you can't buy that. You can't buy history. And that's why everyone wants the Rhinos in their league is because you can't, I mean, you can't buy history. You buy us getting into your league, but you can't suddenly get people in Buffalo interested in a soccer team that doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying no, just because no, to have a rivalry, you need to have two things. You need to have the players hate each other. You need to have the fans hate each other. And the problem with establishing a rivalry with a two-team is they don't have any fucking fans. So there's nobody to go back and forth with. Like for the like for the Open Cup game, I was jawing back and forth with New York City fans, like for the of the one team. Yeah. But the two-team there's it's tumbleweeds. There's nobody to yeah. And and we're not gonna have like our our rival has always been Montreal, and that's for a reason. The two fan bases fucking hate each other's guts, and it goes beyond soccer. When it trickles into hockey, just just the cities themselves hate each other. Until this league has more independent teams join, we're not gonna have a rival. And when we do, it's going to be because it ticks those two boxes. Preston Pop kicks the shit out of somebody, and then the fans also hate each other. That's how yeah. it's going to happen. So we don't have a rival in our league right now. Uh, yeah, uh, I th that's a great point. I think it's, it, it takes a little bit of time, and I think you can have, like, they're, they're trying to make Charlotte and Atlanta hate each other because, well, they, they do. Because they do in the NFL, that's why, because it's an NFL yeah. rivalry. It, but it's like, well, it's also the cities dislike each other, but it's it, it's hard to force something like that and just be like, well, everyone with the, the other soccer team in town, they're like, oh, they need to be in the same league so they can have a derby. It's like, well, you also need to be relevant to have a derby fucking matter. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's like, I, I mean, literally... Like Everton Liverpool Liverpool this year was more important because Everton finally fucking won where they had it in twenty years. So mm -hmm. it's um question marks about whether COVID changes actually fucking mattered those games, but it's it made it more interesting this year, where it wasn't as much the previous years. I'll put it this way. If you have to ask, it's not a rivalry. You you'll just know when it happens. Our only rivals is that one uh, Karen at the uh, St. Louis game. <laughs> yeah, that's personal rival. That's a nemesis. Yeah. Well, it. Uh, I think you had a second question. Uh oh yeah, I X'd it out because I thought we okay. Well, who is your favorite home opponent so far in the season? Mine was Miami with their well-known players and staff. I've seen half of one game because replays don't matter. So uh, I don't know. My, I mean, I guess I would say Miami too because we won the biggest. But mm -hmm. I don't. I don't really have one right now. 
Um, yeah, I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you with that answer, it, but it, we're looking for honesty here, Mike. And honesty may not always be the most fun, but it's honest. <laughs> You'll get it. All right, that's it. That's all the questions. Okay. Yeah. So um, definitely remember, guys, to send us an email at valiant33podcastoutlook.com. Hit us up on Twitter at valiant33. Instagram is valiant33theword. Yeah, but don't send us anything on Instagram. Yeah, don't do that because all we ever get is people asking us to uh, play for the team. And we're like, (laughs) yeah, we should start charging them and just be like, yeah, we can get you on a team. You got to Venmo us. uh, Yes. Try out fee. Yeah, the amount of people that ask us to get them in to talk to somebody from the team is ridiculous. It, uh, my favorite part is they never have like a video of them playing. They're just like, hey, I want to play soccer. And it's like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah. great. But no clips on their Instagram or anything like that. It, it, and not even like, oh, I'm a goalkeeper and I'm 7'4. It's like, no, just like, I want to play. It's like, mm. okay, that's not really how these, this works. But it's just pictures of the food that they've eaten. Yeah. But you know what? When we do find one, we should pass that along if they're good then we can take credit for that yeah we can buy their contract for a dollar and then sell it for it's all about what credit can we take from this situation yeah i think we should have like uh at the end of the season we should have a what did what are we directly responsible for even (laughs) if we are or not just be like i want this idea yeah just do some squares on what we've been right about yeah and then do then do the end of the episode where we're like, where were we wrong? And it's just a four hour long episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it'd probably just be a, uh, one of those running, uh, it would be the, the, the video podcast one that we do where it's just a list that just runs down. Well, I'll tell you what, at least we have the balls to talk on the microphone and record it. And we may be wrong, but we took the chance. That's all that matters. Exactly. we'll be here next week we'll figure it out but i I feel like the the question and answer period was a little bit nicer yeah well i gave people time this episode where i posted it a day before and i didn't do it 15 minutes before we recorded yeah that that always helps a little bit for that fan interaction all right predictions for uh the game this weekend score prediction 15-2. 15-2. Uh, us? Probably 2-1 probably us. 2-1? I'm thinking it's going to be 2-2 with uh, a win for us in pens. What do you think the pens is going to go? Uh, we're going to save every single one. Okay, I was going to say 4-2. If, if it goes to pens, it's going to be 4-2. Us. I don't, I don't think... Uh, I mean, Philly was in their first game ever was in a pen shootout uh, against Miami. I don't think they've had one since then. Um, so if that means anything, which it probably doesn't, we just have either way. We have the better keeper for mm-hmm. pens. So I'll yeah. take us in pens every time. And I just realized a question I should have asked you earlier. How do the players seem to deal with the uh, field? 
this this game versus the previous ones where the ball was flying out of bounds a lot. Well, it was four to one. You tell me. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I, I think that's our home field advantage. I think actually having fans, that's going to be the big thing for a lot of these players is that they're going to come in and be like, holy shit. Yeah. And that's going to throw them off. I hope so. That's why we do it. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I'm sure I'll figure out something like five minutes from now. But, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll be here next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.